You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office, this is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. And good Sunday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis from Target Field. Twins are hopefully going to wrap up a series today in Detroit. Rubber game of this three-game weekend series, but the tarp is on the field right now in Detroit. The forecast doesn't look great. Uh, Rocco Baldelli said about a half hour ago that the mines were meeting as we speak. And hopefully we'll get some clarity on if this game will be played today. The Twins, of course, will head back to Detroit one more time, but they can't play today. The Twins open up the second half of the season with a three-game series in Detroit, so certainly a chance to play a doubleheader would be in that first series out of the All-Star break. But thank you for joining us, and before we get too far along, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there throughout Twins territory. Hope you have a wonderful day, and we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Mother Day plans. And we welcome our guest on our Sunday show. We always enjoy a conversation with the general manager of the Minnesota Twins. Great to have Thad Levine with us on the show today. Thad, it's Corey at Target Field. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. And I just want to reiterate, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. All the moms out there, kick back, enjoy the day. And a nice day here in the Twin Cities, uh, unfortunately not the case right now in Detroit. And, Thad, I'm looking at a monitor and the tarps on the field. Uh, gray skies, looks like a light rain falling for now. Any update on, on the game itself and if it will be played today? Yeah, Corey, as you mentioned, I think I think everyone on the ground there is going to be getting together and talking soon. Uh, things that factor into these decisions is before a game starts, it's technically up to the home team to make a decision. Once the game starts, it's it's more in Major League Baseball on the umpire's hands. We consult with Major League Baseball throughout the process. And as you mentioned, one of the benefits of this series is that we're going to go back and play Detroit again this season. So it's a little bit easier to map out how we could make up a game against them. It's much more challenging when you're playing out-of-division foes and teams that are only coming into your ballpark once for, for that season. You have to really go through a matrix process of understanding mutual off days, which sometimes are pretty scarce as seasons go on. So this this decision will be a little bit easier to make. Uh, Major League Baseball will be consulted as, as they always are in these situations, and hopefully we'll have resolution pretty soon. So normally you're, you're stuck in kind of a wait-and-see moment, but because this is a divisional foe, and like you said, the Twins go back there uh, in July, the waiting period in this situation, would it be that long, or could a decision be made rather quickly here? I do think they always try to play games in real time if they possibly can. But I do think the fact that we get to go back and play Detroit one more time this season really does factor in this, into this decision-making process. It, it, will, it will lead to a probably a more timely decision. Uh, and then the other factor, you know, which is so unique to a COVID season, is the, the further in the season you play, the more promise there is that there'll be more fans in the stands, more fans enjoying the game. Uh, cheering for the teams. And so I think that that does factor in maybe to a, a to a slightly lesser extent. 
Uh, but the home teams in these situations sometimes are a little bit more open to advocating for playing later in the season hopeful that they'll be able to play in front of more of their their rabid fans. You know, Thad, speaking of, of COVID, if you just get a chance to even watch some of these games and you see the Tigers, they are one of the few teams that have reached that 85% threshold of vaccination. Thus, they have loosened protocols and the staff and players are not seen in the dugout wearing masks. The Twins are still in that other category, are they getting closer to being in that 85% where masks will not be mandatory moving forward? Well, we are. We are. And, you know, I think our staff and players have done such a great job of being supportive of Major League Baseball and the union's protocols in this regard. I think one thing that you just have to keep in the back of your mind is that uh, for, for people who are, are pursuing the vaccines and especially ones that aren't taking the Johnson & Johnson, which was put on the shelf there for a little while, uh, there's a longer process. It's a t- it's a two shot process, and then even past the two shots, which usually spans about uh, four weeks, there's still a two week uh, process after that until you're you're deemed completely inoculated or more safely inoculated, I guess I should say. So, as we're moving down this path for some of the players who are engaging, uh, it is a six week process to to get you fully towards those 85, we're moving in the right direction. And I think our players have done a really nice job. So too, as our staff and being very supportive of the protocols. But are we at the point now, the twins that yes, that enough people have been vaccinated and we're currently in that, that second two week process. If those elected to get, whether it's the, the Pfizer or Moderna second shot that you're in that two week window that until you get there, then you hit, you hit that 85%. You know, Corey, what, and I don't mean to be elusive in telling you that it, we, we kind of have to wait and see. It's just simply the fact that uh, the Major League Baseball uh, roster is such a living organism. Uh, we've seen, we've certainly made a, f- a few more roster moves over the first uh, five weeks of the season than we had expected to make. So I think we're tracking well right now. But uh, the, the qualifier would be if we, if we change the complexion of our, our roster meaningfully at any point during that process, those numbers could change. So I would just say we're, we're doing well, we're positively tracking, but uh, we'll wait and see until we're officially to that threshold when we can make an announcement. All right, moving to matters on the field. Twins won the first game on Friday, fell yesterday 7-3. With that, that after 32 games, a team that was predicted by many to, to win the Central and to be a World Series candidate is certainly not playing like that after 32 games, 12 and 20. Let's go right there. What's been the biggest surprise about the team's performance as, as you have seen it so far? Well, you know, I, 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 think, I think our jobs in, in moments of triumph as well as moments of struggle are to try to remain as objective as we possibly can in evaluating the team. Uh, and, and when I say that, I just, just, to, just to put things into a frame, I, when we ended up going to the playoffs in 2017, we, we proved to be one of the more lucky teams in the game. As we are assessing our 2021 uh, campaign, we've been one of the least lucky teams in the game. And I think it's, it's worthwhile getting your hands wrapped around that and understanding that so you don't make rash decisions. So I would say there is an element where the, the underlying statistics of our team would be very supportive of a better team, not, not the team you described, uh, just to be fair, like if you kind of took a look out of it, we'd be closer to a 500 baseball team, which is not where, where we wanted to be at this point in the season, but certainly far better than where we've been. So I think we're, we're, we're prone to try to stay as objective as we can in these moments, not overreact 
to performance on the field, truly try to evaluate what's going on behind the scenes, understand where coaches are working with specific players and their areas of improvement that we could expect on the horizon. We certainly have been uh, hit with a rash of injuries. I think it was about a week ago, I turned to Derek Falvey at one point in the game and said, hey, once Miguel Sano comes back, we're actually going to have you know, 11, 12, almost everyday regular players. How are we going to get them all in the field? And you know, kiss, kiss of unfortunate uh, death there in the terms of from that moment to this, all we've had is have uh, Luis Arise go on the concussion protocol. We, we, we've had Alex Kirilov have an injury to his wrist, and then we had Byron Buxton uh, suffer an injury to his leg. And, you know, in a blink of an eye, we went from having too many guys to get on the field to having too few. And so I think it would be nice to have a stabilization of our roster. We haven't played too many defensive innings with our opening day uh, lineup out there. That's a situation that we have to overcome. I think one thing we've been blessed in the last few seasons is the guys who've come in uh, off off the bench have performed extremely well for us. Uh, we may not have had the, the same good fortune just yet this season. We we need our, our our big boys to come back. We need to have some stabilization of our roster, uh, and and we need guys to play up to their ability. And I think if they do that, we're we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine because we've got a very talented team, and we still have a ton of in division games left, which is to say. In our minds, we still have a lot of control over our destiny. One more thought before we take our first break. Going back to your point about, you know, luck was a big part of the team's success in 17 and rather unlucky this season. Are you looking at run differential? Does that help drive that narrative this season that the Twins have only been outscored by two runs and yet they're eight games under? Is that one of the driving, you know, stats you look at to say we haven't been blown out too often? We've only been outscored by two runs, yet we're eight games under. Does, does that kind of add up? Yeah, Corey, I think, I think that's, a, that's a really easy way for fans to understand the disparity between the team's performance and the team's record. You know, just very, very plainly, if you've scored almost as many runs as your opposition, you probably should have won almost as many games as your opposition. There's a Pythagorean theorem there that, that applies, which is a little bit more complicated, but it's pretty easy to look at our situation and say, a negative two should mean that we should be about 500, maybe a game under, um, not more than that. And we certainly are. But we also are looking at our our, our velocity off of our bat. Uh, we have one of the better expected on base percentages, weighted on base percentages in the league. Offensively, we, we are one of the teams that's hitting the ball harder than most teams uh, offensively. Uh, and all of those things are, are you know, markers that are, are very positive. Our strikeout to walk rate has been very good from our pitching standpoint. We've given up more solid contact. Some things that are unsustainable on the pitching side, at least we hope are unsustainable, is the rate at which we're giving up home runs per fly balls, the, the rate at which our inherited runners are scoring. Those, those tend to be unsustainable for the period of time that they've been and that we've had. I think this is a, a perfect example of this is last year, uh, Michael Pineda did not give up a home run all year. This year, he's giving up home runs at a rate that is very disparate to his career. So if some of the damage that we're giving up on from our pitching standpoint, we believe to be unsustainable, which is to say that it's going to come back down to the pack. And some of the offensive damage that we're doing should be yielding more runs. That run differential, which is currently a negative two, which should be more aligned with a 500 record, should be even better than that. Now, we can't hide behind that. We, as you mentioned, we're we're, we're you know, close to six weeks into the season. We need to have the 
the results match a little bit better the performance. But I think when we look at it, we see a lot of reasons for optimism. We'll take our first break, come back. We'll talk more about the bullpen. Uh, that's been an area of concern for this Twins team so far to start the year. Updates on Buxton, Kirilov, and Arise. Much more as our conversation with Thad Levine continues. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Rootberg. We'll take a timeout, come back with more next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Thad Levine, Inside Twins. Twins and the Tigers hopefully coming up at 12-10 Central Time. Thad, getting back to the team's performance and the bullpen, the Twins have 20 losses, and 11 losses have been attributed just in terms of wins and losses to the bullpen, which leads all of baseball. That has been an area of strength for this Twins team the last couple of seasons. Why is it not working out the way you envisioned so far this season? Uh, Corey, candidly, we have aspirations of leading all of baseball in a lot of categories. That that ain't one of them. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned the 11 losses. I, I think we tallied 11 losses out of our pen the entirety of last season, which albeit was just two months, but it just goes to show how how we're tracking at such a higher level than we've experienced in the last handful of seasons here when our bullpen really has materialized as such a strength for our team. Probably one of the unsung heroes of, of this Minnesota Twins team for the last three to four years has been our bullpen. I think people are always shocked to hear at the end of the season that we ended up ranking as the third or fourth best bullpen in the major leagues. And we're far from that right now. I think it's it's quite surprising to us that that's the case based upon the personnel. Uh, what I mentioned to you earlier about some of the unsustainable characteristics, I think it, it rests a lot in our bullpen. We have home run per fly ball rates that are just almost unheard of. I've uh, been really striking some some of our, our key late-inning guys that we saw it earlier with Alex Colome. We've seen it uh, with Caleb Thielbar. We've seen it with Cody Stashak very uncharacteristic for those guys in their careers to be giving up home runs at the rates they're giving them up. Uh, now, once again, and I, I'm not trying to, I, I, I am a glass half full guy. But I don't mean to be overshadowing what we have at our hands to work with, but we also have some extremely great and positive strikeout rates coming out of our bullpen. Uh, and quite frankly, out of some of the same guys I just mentioned. And so we think that those are signs of better things to come. The, the volume of fly balls that are leaving the, the, the yard against our, our bullpen is it's at a pace that is almost unheard of. In if you look at the last five to 10 years of the game, th those things are going to regress back in a positive way for our pen. We, we believe this, this group will settle down and, and be once again, a weapon for us. We're, we're going to need to turn it around with the personnel we have. We've got some arms coming to support them. We've tried to uh, some different, combinations some different formulas out there but by and large we're going to need the the guys that we're really dependent upon going into the season to step up and perform we think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic that they're they're headed in the right direction the home run to fly ball rate that you mentioned a few times it makes sense in because the twins bullpen has given up i believe the second most home runs outside of the tigers bullpen but even with warmer weather on the way that doesn't concern you that that stat may not just stay constant, but might rise as the warmer weather arrives? 
Well, I, th- I think we also have to own our side of that equation, which is, you know, perhaps too many balls that are in the middle part of the strike zone uh, that are, you know, more deemed to be hittable pitches. So I think cert- certainly we can't just keep doing the same thing and expect something different to happen. I think something slightly different will happen just from the regression to the to the mean. But I, I think we're going to have to take the ownership of improving our pitch execution out of that group of, of, of men, because by and large, we probably have seen also a higher percentage of pitches that are in what we would consider the middle, middle part of the zone. Now, unfortunately, what's happening is every one of those is getting punished. Uh, they shouldn't get punished quite at, with the frequency with which they are. But we need to put ourselves in a better position to succeed so that we can counteract uh, both the good hitting in the game. But as you mentioned, the, the warmer weather, usually we see the offensive numbers climb, not decline. Thad, changing uh, topics a bit and now shifting it to the coaching staff, uh, the, the, the tragic passing of Mike Bell in March uh, hit everybody hard, still has hit everybody hard. The Twins never named a successor in terms of who is now the bench coach. They did add Kevin Morgan to the big league staff. But is there an interim bench coach right now? And I guess the second part is, if not, do you envision naming somebody a bench coach? And if so, would it be from the group that's already inside that dugout? Well, well, Corey, I I think, you know, the first point you made, I really don't want to be glossed over because the the, the passing of Mike Bell was was a significant uh, tragedy and event for our team and our franchise and for the Bell family. Um, and, and I think it's one that we're still, if we're all being completely honest, we're, we're still trying to recover from that. And, and that's that's something that is going to uh, impact us for, for years to come, just based upon uh, the quality of, that Mike brought to our team, both personally and professionally. Rocco was very, very mindful throughout the whole process where he did not want to replace Michael because he was hopeful that Mike was going to be returning to our team at some point. At uh, this season, or certainly heading into next year. So, with his passing as late as it was uh, during spring training, we didn't really have an opportunity to properly uh, go through a search and determine how we wanted to proceed. So, the, the net effect of that is we just decided to add Kevin Morgan to the staff. He's done an excellent job throughout the minor leagues for us and the minor leagues for the New York Mets most recently as a coach. And we knew he was going to be extremely capable. He actually has a very similar track record to the one Mike Bell had as, as a player, as a minor league player, and ultimately a staff member. Um, how we determine how we're going to ultimately fill that position, you know, Rocco will have a huge say in that. Uh, but I think we our intention is to get through this season and then make a decision at the end of the season based upon uh, our needs as a staff, Rocco's needs um, on that staff. And, uh, you know, certainly at that point, we'll assess our internal candidates and, and deem who, who would be participating in that process. Real quickly, before we take our final break, just the visual of it. Has Bill Evers become kind of the acting bench coach to, to, to label him? Just looking at what we've seen on the monitor, Thad, it seems like Rocco and Bill are chatting quite often. Has Bill taken on, at least in some way, some of those bench coach responsibilities during the game? Well, keep in mind that, you know, when we hired Rocco, Rocco's first desire was to bring Bill on with him. I think he's always viewed him as a conciliary, almost maybe even transcends the notion of a bench coach. It's just somebody who I think he consults on almost all things baseball. 
And, you know, we missed Bill last year. He wasn't part of the staff, so we didn't get to see that visual of which you referenced. I would expect that if Bill had been in the dugout last year, you would have seen Bill and Rocco and Mike and others uh, conferring throughout the course of, of the game. So I think Bill has reassumed a role that he had previously held with us. And I think Rocco just relies on him so heavily for, for everything in the spectrum of pre, pre-game preparation, in-game decision-making, and then post-game kind of uh, evaluation as to what transpired. All right, we'll take our last break. Come back. Some injury updates on Buxton and Kirilov. And we wrap up Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Final minute here of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. We're going to try to do this quickly here, Thad. Uh, Byron Buxton, grade two hip strain. It was weeks. Rocco said a couple days ago. Any more clarity on that today? I think we're hopeful. You know, Byron has been wrestling with some leg issues all year. It was probably time for him just to take a break to try to get ahead of these things. He's having such a fabulous season. We want to get him back as full strength as we can. And we're, we're hopeful that it will be just weeks with a an S, but not, not too many S's after that. All right. How about Alex Kirilov? Really good news. When he went to see the doctor, there was an op- option that he may need to uh, surgery. He he was told he did not need surgery. He's able to rehab and recover. We think he's had this injury for a little while, inclusive in which the time when he was playing very well. So we're hopeful to get him back to tolerance so that he may be able to be, get activated in the near term here. And final 10 seconds, Luis Arise eligible Tuesday? Uh, and, and tracking very positively. So very, very encouraging news about him. Hey, Thad, great show today. Thanks for the insight and enjoy the day with your family. Happy Mother's Day to everyone, and thank you again, Corey. All the best. Thad Levine, we thank him for his time, and we have much more to come. Twins Baseball, Chris's pregame show is next on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.